Welcome back, everybody, to the Life Like a Movie podcast. I'm very happy that you've tuned back in again. I love this podcast because it's an opportunity not only to introduce you to some new fun spaces, but also to share work that's very important that I think isn't talked about enough. I mean, everybody wants to live their dream life, but I think a topic that isn't talked about enough is how trauma plays a role, uh, a, a huge role, if not the main role, in stopping us from living our dream life. There's tons of these subconscious blocks that we have that definitely aren't talked about, not talked about enough. And today's guest, he is uh, very in, in what we can call um, um, Western society in the sense that he's in the, the film industry. Um, he's been around lots of people in the film industry. He's deep in the Western culture, yet he has these ideas that are a little bit outside of the norm. And I'm very excited for him to share with us today. So Odysseus Andrianos, um, nice to have you here, brother. Would love it if you could share your story and, um, and a little bit about what you do. Yes, thank you so much, Brett. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, more than anything, I'm just grateful to talk about these deep topics because there's so many people that are literally suffering deeply inside because they don't always have the vocabulary. Like I know that you're a coach and I'm a coach. I think the most important thing that we do is create a vocabulary so people can express what's going on deep within themselves. But specifically with my background, as you mentioned, I grew up in the film industry. My father was a very successful uh, a filmmaker, sound mixer to be specific. Working okay. in Hollywood, he was, George, he was George Lucas's sound mixer when I was a young child. Worked on Desperate Housewives and Wonder Years, so I grew up around um, the film industry. But the, the one thing that's interesting is a lot of trauma in the film industry. And I got to experience that from a very young age. Now, uh, I, when I grew up, I was like, how do I beat the system? I, I became a, a fitness trainer because I was like a really good athlete. I, I, could, I could dunk a basketball, do like a 360 dunk when I was 17. So I was always a really good athlete. I was like, oh, I could be a fitness coach. So I crushed the fitness industry. I built my own gym. I got, well, take a step back. I got my degree in kinesiology with an emphasis in fitness, nutrition, and health from San Diego State University, which has definitely served me well going into trauma. But uh, I opened my first gym at 25. And then I opened a second gym with a $100 million a year corporation. And I still work with them. Uh, but when COVID hit, I had to close both my gyms because like worst time ever to have gyms. And uh, I had already been working on this new online business, uh, doing deeper work, specifically shadow work. And specifically shadow work is really about making the unconscious conscious, which relates a lot to trauma work. And growing up behind the scenes of Hollywood, I got to see how, you know, like people see the, the positive sides of like the film industry, um, but like specifically there's a dark side that people don't always talk about. And I want to get into that today. But uh, what's been like my, my big uh, why for doing this is I realized that there's a huge void in society for talking about mental and emotional health. And what I realized through fitness is that people don't struggle with diet and exercise. They struggle with their mental and emotional health internally, and it shows up externally as struggles with diet and exercise. And so that's what got me into being more of like a shadow work coach and doing this deeper work. Yeah, my God, um, I, I can relate to all of that. And we'd love to actually get right into the film industry. But maybe before we right before we do that, I'd love for you to just take us through a, a little journey on how the inner world affects the outer world. Most people are focused on, am I doing the right diet? They have no idea that that has nothing to do with their success or failure. Um, I, I should say in large part, but much more so to do with what's going on internally. So I'd love for you to dive into yeah. how the internal affects the external specifically. So, so I, I love that. It's beautiful. So, so the first thing I like to say is like, it's really about the words we use to create our reality. And so when you say the word diet for many, many years, I've, I've helped people lose thousands of pounds doing diet challenges. The word diet in Latin is dieta. It means way of life. And so many people don't understand that their way of life internally is affecting them externally. And so when we talk about that specifically, when it comes to our diet or way of life, well, the internal stuff really like the, the future of the health fitness uh, and industry and medical industry is really about our nervous system because we're hardwired into fight or flight mode. And so as people learn how to calm down their nervous system, it makes it easier for them to digest their food. People are struggling with their diet because 
<clears throat> they're not able to digest what's going on in their lives internally. So it's harder for them to digest what's going on externally. Now, specifically with the nervous system, it has to do with our emotions and our emotional frequency. If you're consistently operating from anger, guilt, shame, sadness, and this is hardwired into your nervous system, it's going to affect your hormones as well. So you're going to gain weight. You're going to have a, or you're going to have a hard time losing weight. And this is going to affect you on many levels within your life. But as you mentioned, it like really comes back to what's going on internally, what's going on in our minds. How are we creating the structure of our reality? And something that I've, I've studied a lot recently is the natural law, the laws of the universe and the law of correspondence as within, so without. So what's going on internally can deeply affect what's going on externally. And specifically when we talk about the nervous system, we calm the nervous system down. This is why I teach breath work, meditation, and I'm working on calming the nervous system down. Uh, I actually read this in, in a book on alchemy where it says that as you calm your nervous system down, you actually begin to magnetically attract, uh, attract the life you deserve. Because when your nervous system is in fight or flight mode, you can't process anything new. You're stuck. And this is where a lot of people are. They're stuck because their nervous system is over, being over like stimulated because they're in fight or flight mode. And as they do the breath work and, and do the meditation, their nervous system calms down. And now they can start manifesting a new reality with less effort. That's essentially why anybody hires a coach. Anybody can go out and read and study books for five years. They could hire a coach like me or you and get it done in three months. And that's what this all comes down to is getting results with less effort. Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. The law of correspondence as within, so without. Um, now, I would love to get into the uh, film industry. This is something that's very fascinating for me. And it's, I mean, for me, the first thing that came to my head as I was sharing with you before this podcast started was how I would imagine that many people get into the film industry unconsciously because they want to be seen by mommy and daddy, or they really want to be just yes. seen and loved and feel worthy of attention when they receive attention. I bet you for a lot of people with that first time where they get a clap from an audience when they were younger, there was just a, such a high for them. They're like, oh my God, the film industry is for me. This is my purpose. But oftentimes I, I can imagine it's really just, they're filling that void and they feel deeply loved maybe for the first time. But this is just my speculation. We'd love to hear from you um, what the truth is here. So um, I, mean, I think you're on point when you say that. It's just, it's just different, different strokes for different folks. It's going to be different for different people. Yeah. And so like specifically, like, like when I was young, my dad was working on The Wonder Years. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that show uh, with Fred Savage. So I was, always, I was around like childhood stars and whatnot. And so what's interesting about Hollywood is that so many people, they're doing precisely what you're talking about. They're seeking something externally, but they're really something that, they're, that needs to be uh, acknowledged internally. So they're seeking love externally, but it's really about loving themselves. And so that's where you get like, not that it's the whole industry. I don't want to make it like a blanket statement. You get people who are seeking the feeling of fame and wealth and status, but in yeah. reality, they may be suffering because they weren't loved. You can look at like people like Macaulay Culkin or things that happened with him. Like my, my dad did a movie with Macaulay Culkin too, by the way, is that um, you have a trauma from your childhood. Like an example is like, uh, say you had parents who use shame as a means to control you. So you'll be unconsciously seeking shame in the external world to feel love, but you're not even aware that you're doing it. So you'll be filling that void with the fame or the status that you're receiving, but there, and, the, and the, all the wealth and the fame in the world isn't going to actually heal what's going on deeper within yourself. It's only when you actually dig deeper into what's going on internally that you find your true internal gold. And specifically with myself and like growing up in the film industry and my own experience with um, my father working in Hollywood is that my, my shadow came up in my own life. My father was gone all the time. He was filming, um, uh, like I said, the wonder years when I was really young. <clears throat> and uh, so like for me, I had repressed anger about my father being gone. And so when I had repressed the anger and I finally did my deeper inner work, I realized that that anger, there was really fear. And once mm -hmm. I got into the fear, I realized it was abandonment. 
And so that was actually running my life unconsciously to where years ago, like I said, I was running my, I was running my two gyms. I actually had my own film studio as well. I was running an online business and Airbnb. I was making six figures and like viscerally, I was really successful, but internally I hadn't faced my deeper inner wounds. And so I was a living example of that because I was unconscious to it. And it wasn't until I got more clarity and got really brutally honest and more than anything curious about what was really going on below the surface in my mind that allowed me to heal. Mm. Back to your, you mentioning, mentioning Hollywood is that uh, a lot of Hollywood is just so much more externally oriented. The people are disconnected from their hearts. Like there's so much of a dark side around Hollywood where people, like my dad was like, it, it was terrifying for me. My dad's working like 70, 80 hour work weeks. He's gone all kinds of crazy hours and people don't realize how much stress that creates for people. And so like, even right now I'm, I'm coaching some people who work in Hollywood and they're telling me like how, um, it really affects mental and emotional health and people don't understand how it's so repressed in the film industry, but it's actually a, it's a microcosm to the macrocosm in many industries. Like I know we're talking about the film industry, but so many industries, people just bury their pain, bury their wounds, take the, take another pill. And they're just like destroying themselves. And they're sort of showing up physically, but it's really about them not honoring their emotions. Like I was saying before, the future of health, healing and medicine is really about our nervous system and our emotions. And as we start to go in there and rekindle that connection to our heart, our soul and our life's purpose, we can actually get more done with less because we've calmed our nervous system down does that make sense 100 um it makes it makes 100 sense to me i hope it makes sense to our audience i mean i study this stuff all day long so for me like you're you're like tickling my soul right now um <laughs> but what i want to ask is specifically about how if you're comfortable how abandonment from your father manifested for you number one and then what shadow work exercises you did with yourself to be to have that brutally honest conversation because I've worked with people, you oftentimes men, where they mm-hmm. they want, they know something is up and they need to change, but they don't even know what to look, what questions to ask. They, literally, they sometimes don't even have feeling mm-hmm. in their body or in their heart at the very least. And so it's like, how do you start that process? If, if you're someone who, okay, I, I'm having these behavioral patterns. My life's kind of fucked up in this way, but like, I don't feel anything. I don't even know what's going on. Where do you start with shadow work? How do you, like, what questions do you ask? What, what can you do? Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, the first step is to really, to honor your healing journey. And remember that the path is the medicine. Okay. And we're not taught these things. This is what's like driving the coaching industry because there's so few people that are having these conversations, like, um, like teens who are struggling with mental and emotional health. Like we're not taught emotional intelligence growing up. And so this is the root cause because most of our Western society is talking about effects where we have like, you have this, this ailment. So we give people this drug and it has this side effect. So we're constantly dealing with effects. The truth is, is getting down to the root cause or core conflict. So the key first step is to recognize what's triggering you. What is the stimulus? What's consistently showing up that's creating the behaviors that you're self-sabotaging yourself. It could be drugs, alcohol, sex, porn, video games, whatever it is. How are you consistently sabotaging yourself? Right? So what you want to do is create awareness. The first step to all change is always awareness. If you're lacking awareness, you could be unconsciously living your life. That's a lot of what shadow work is. It's making the unconscious conscious. So when you notice yourself getting triggered, like I was just on a call just before for this. And I was telling this lady, she's like, she's like, I go unconscious and I'm not even paying attention. So that's where like the meditation and breath work and slowing your nervous system down is really crucial to getting that curiosity. Because as you have that awareness, you start to recognize your triggers. As you begin to recognize your triggers, you can start working with the meaning. The meaning can be like a limiting belief or I'm not worthy of love. My feelings aren't valid. Money doesn't grow on trees. I'm ugly. I'm stupid. Right. And these can be stories that you picked up from your parents or it could be generational, your parents, parents, and they're passed down. And what happens is, so once we, once we identify the triggers or the stimulus, we start to work with the meaning and that's when we can shift the meaning. 
Then from the meaning, the real change happens at the emotional level. As we start to realize the emotional frequencies, the emotions are measurable. If you ever studied Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and how emotions can be measured, as we start to shift the emotions, then the behaviors change. So what many people are doing is they're getting triggered and they're not even paying attention to the meaning. They're triggered. They go right back to the same emotions and the same behaviors keep showing up. They're doing it so fast. They're doing it from an unconscious state. And that's when we start working with the shadow is becoming aware of the unconscious, how it's showing up in in our conscious reality. So we can get more clarity around going deeper into like, what is the meaning I'm creating? Once you get clear in the meaning, then you can start working with where the, where the real change occurs at the emotional frequency. That's when we begin to reprogram our nervous system and our hormonal frequency because our bodies get addicted to the hormonal frequency and that's where the behaviors start showing up. So instead of spiraling out of control in life, trigger meaning emotion behavior, you start spiraling upwards. Okay. And so a lot of that has to do with, like I said, with like getting curious and having awareness around what's showing up consistently, what behaviors you're sabotaging yourself. So like, like journaling, journaling is a great tool. I'm sure you should have your clients do some journaling because like you're looking for patterns. It's like connecting the dots. Like, Oh, that's the thing. It keeps showing up. Okay. And oftentimes the shadow work, you think it's this here, but once you get into that thing, it's actually something else over here. So that's why you have to be very patient doing this work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's all about the path, the journey. Um, having that curious sense of curiosity. I see so much value in the emotion of curiosity. Um, would love to talk more about the, the, maybe like a, a finer detail on the shift of emotion and like what, what else changes when we change our vibe. There's this great quote from the Bible that keep, seems to keep coming up in my mind, which is love and do as thy will. And I'm a really big believer in getting to a place of love or some higher emotional frequency. And it's like from that place, we don't really need to worry about the right diet plan or the right exercise routine. It's like when we're in the right emotional frequency, we seem to take right action. And I'm a huge believer in focusing on state first and then focusing on an action after afterwards. But I would love to, because you mentioned hormones are changing based on our emotional frequency. Um, In case I miss anything, I would just love to to ask a few more changes that occur when I go from say the the frequency of shame to the frequency of say joy. What what else might happen along that journey from shame to joy? Uh, Okay. So you like made me think of like multiple things. So, um, so, so like one of the key tools that I utilize is polarizing your emotions. So like when you feel fear, how can you experience faith? But you have to slow yourself down. So you're not triggered right back into the old systems. Right. So when I feel fear, it's like, Oh, I'm feeling fear. Right. A lot of people are feeling fear right now with all the stuff going on with COVID people are being triggered into fear. It's like, okay, like when you experience that, how can you pull that thread and go deeper and then polarize the polarity of that emotion? It's another natural law of the universe is the law of polarity mm. right so it's like i can experience one emotion there's actually this great doctor named dr thurman fleet and he, he's no longer alive but he was such a successful doctor that he they like rearranged the road structure because so many people are being healed by this doctor and it comes back to like i said it's <laughs> cause and effect right yeah no he was, he was so talented so like the like what is the real the whole goal is if you're living your life from the effects you're going to be a victim Okay. And that's where you're like, you're, you're spiraling out of control. Like I was talking about when you get to become like, realize the cause you become the cause creating the effects. And so as you learn the polarity of your emotions, instead of being uh, angry, how could you be patient? Right. Yeah. And so this is where it's like slowing yourself down. And like I said, it comes, it comes back to the awareness because like, here's, here's a good analogy to express it too. Is like, I use this often when I'm first uh, explaining my, my coaching practice to people, it's like you're on a boat and it's fine, I'm in a Marina right now too. Um, in my camper van, but, uh, but you're like on a boat and you're heading towards your destination, right? And your conscious mind, you're like rowing towards your destination and you think you're doing everything perfectly to get the results that you want. Maybe you want to make money, attract to true love, um, travel to an Island destination, whatever it is. Right. And so you're heading towards your Island, your destination, 
but the current is going against you. And the current is essentially the subconscious mind. Okay. So until you get clarity of like what's going on below the surface in your mind, you're going to be wasting a lot of energy, right? And this is specifically emotional energy. So that emotional frequency, as you begin to polarize your emotions, then that current begins to shift and the current will take you to your goals faster. Now this goes deeper into shadow work. The shadow could be you actually sitting on the back of that boat. No, like where's the boat going? And you could be looking at your past, creating your future based upon your traumatic past. So the boat is fighting the current and you're looking at your past. You're actually utilizing your traumatic past to create your future from an unconscious space or even worse, you've thrown anchors into the water based upon your traumatic past. So it's deep below the surface. Those anchors have hooked on to a rock. And so it's your guilt, your shame, your sadness, and it's deep below the surface. And you're literally just going around in circles and you're wondering unconsciously, why can't I attract the life that I want? Why can't I attract the wealth, the man, the, the, the woman, the dreams? Why is it not happening for me? So you're sitting on the back of the boat. You've hooked an anchor into your past and you're, and you're fighting the current and you're wasting all this energy going freaking nowhere. Like I said, it's just yeah. an analogy. I, I'm, I'm right? with you. But this is where so many people are at, but they're unconscious to how those anchors are keeping yeah. them stuck. So a lot of like with like, like hiring a coach, right? And getting support is we help people to like, we mirror to them parts of themselves they cannot see. Now, like one of the things that I learned specifically with my father working in Hollywood being a sound mixer is, is like, I'm very keen to listening deeply to what people say. It's not what people say. It's not what people say. It's the rate, the pitch, the tone, the inflection, mm-hmm. and, and specifically the power words that describe their reality. So essentially when we're coaching people is that we're listening to the blueprint for their reality. And something they talk about in neuro-linguistic programming, which you could talk about too, is people have a map in their past based upon their traumatic experiences. When they get triggered, the map comes out and then they're reliving their trauma with everybody around them. And they're, you're the reason why I'm angry. You're the reason why I'm so sad. You're this, you're that. And like they're pointing the finger at everyone else, but it's really them not facing their own stuff. And it's not their fault because they don't know how to do the work. That's why people need a coach to mirror to them the parts that they cannot see. That comes back to like deeply listening. People don't come to coaches for answers. They come to coaches for deeper questions. And when we reveal people questions, they heal themselves. They acknowledge their pain and then they create a shift. And while we're doing is holding compassionate space and awareness and empathetic awareness specifically around those wounds, because it's really just energy that can be freed up and that sets them free to attract the life that they've always deserved. Does that make sense? I know drop a lot of you right there, but. Yeah, no, I, I'm fully with you. So basically what I'm hearing is that it's extremely important to actually get to the root, the core conflict to those anchors that you were referring to. That's what's going to set the boat or you free. So you're not spinning around in a circle wondering why I keep coming back to this place and doing shadow work is one of the, it's funny, I'm talking faster, I think, because I've been talking to you and you talk very fast. Um, uh, yeah. uh, and, and like coming back to like, okay, what's happening? Why am I acting this way because of this trigger and using that newfound awareness to make a new decision. And it's just, what I'm hearing from you is, is this consistent repetition of making a new decision of what to focus on, what to act out, what to feel that it's retrains our nervous system out of those deep anchors and into say a new destiny. Yes. But here's the thing. People are addicted to it and they don't even know they're addicted to it because it's so, it's so like, I read this great, great book recently called, um, Watiko, the mind virus, really good book. It just came out last month. And it said that um, people are so unconscious to their unconsciousness that they are literally self-sabotaging, but they are so unaware that they're self-sabotaging because it's become people identify with their trauma. Like they they wouldn't know who they are without the trauma. Right. And and so sometimes it takes like, like, like even being like a fitness coach, it takes, 
takes your doctor going, well, if you don't start losing weight, you could get cancer or heart disease. And they go, Oh shoot, maybe I should do something. Like there, there comes this, like this epiphany and then they finally make the shift. And so that's where people are so unconscious to their unconsciousness that that's why, like, I love having conversations with you guys because we could trigger somebody who it's like, Oh my God, like I never even realized how much I was sabotaging myself, but they've become, become so asleep to how it's running their lives that like, it's literally killing them and they're not even conscious of it. That's why like when I was younger, like part of my, my own anger was like being a fitness coach, like I can give you the best fitness program. I give you the best diet program. Why can't you get it together? What like, is it? My program. I used to be really hard on myself. And yes. I started realizing like, it's not me, it's the emotions. And I was like, oh my God, like I just like, boom, like, 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 you know, you're blowing your own mind. Like, like what? Like, and I started realizing like, oh, and then I got into shadow work. And I was like, oh, like people are struggling with their own emotions and, and they haven't processed those emotions and we haven't processed them. It's like, that's when it comes back to diet. They're unconsciously feeding emotions. Oftentimes it's their way of life. Remember diet yeah. is way of life. Diet. Uh, so they're yeah. unconsciously feeding those parts to themselves. And like, and specifically, like I've gotten to studying shamanism, like you can have a childhood trauma or an aspect of your psyche get splintered off and it's in your unconscious. And, and until you rekindle that splintered aspect of your psyche, you'll consistently, when you get triggered, that part of you will show up and it's running your life, but from a place where you're completely unconscious. That's why it's, I love talking. It's fascinating. It's like, like pe- oh, people don't yeah. even know that it, that it's like they're running around, like shooting themselves in the foot. And yeah. they're not even aware they're doing, doing it on a consistent basis. It, it's absolutely fast. That's why I love teaching it. Cause it's like people have these moments of epiphany, like, Oh my God, I have the complete tools to heal myself. And now I have the support when I have a coach like yourself or me to show them that, that mirror those parts of themselves that they cannot see. Yeah. I, I, I love that so much. And that, that epiphany moment is, is such a beautiful moment or like when they have a breakthrough, when they really like reconnect with their inner child or when they, you know, write a forgiveness letter or something to their father. And they, they, they finally like, a tone with the father or something of that nature, especially for a man. It's a beautiful moment. Um, I would love to know a couple specific things about you before we finish up here. Um, I would love to know what fills your need for significance. I would love to know what gives you meaning in your life and what makes you feel loved and worthy. So like, kind of like we were just talking about, like in, in Japanese, it's called Satori. It's a moment of enlightenment, Satori. Yeah. And it's like those, those epiphany moments where like you, you help somebody to like discover their heart, reconnect with their soul. And they yeah. do this deep healing. Like, like an example is uh, like years ago, what kind of got me out of fitness into doing this deeper coaching was that I was working with a, a teenage girl who was on suicide watch. And I coached her mom for a couple of years and the, her, she, her, the mother felt really safe with me. And I was just building my new coaching program. And I was like, well, I just built this new program. Let me just test it out with your daughter for free. I'd love to support her. And within two months, this little 16 year old, she texted me one day. She said that she was still alive because of the work that we did together. And like, I started crying. It was like, I was like, oh, oh shoot. Like maybe this is what I'm really meant to do. And so that's really what I live for is like those moments where, you know, I've done a lot of work on myself, but that doesn't matter. It's my ability to share that wisdom with other people so that they can have the keys to unlock their highest potential. And that's that moment of satori or awakening. And I, I, I live for that. I love that. That's the thing I, I crave. It's like no amount of money in the world can compare to like having yeah. somebody, somebody reconnect with their soul and really feel their heart for maybe for the first time. And like, yeah. especially like when you talk about like, I work more with women, but like, like there's so many men that really need support with reconnecting with their hearts and they don't feel safe. And I really feel like we need to reach more men with this type of work because they don't have anybody to talk to. They don't have anybody to feel safe with. And so hopefully when, when people listen to this, it can spark and inspire them to reconnect with their heart and reach out and get the support they need. Yeah, it's, it's so beautiful. I, I, I'm in, in love with your mission. I'm in love that you love Satori's and giving people that experience reconnecting with their heart. It's, just, it's such beautiful work. I can 
speak from experience and also just hearing your energy and hearing what you bring to the table. I'm just, I'm so pumped up that, that you're in this space. Um, and it's funny, I was actually, I was going to bring up the topic of masculinity and how most men, like if we're talking about not connecting with our hearts, men, men are like, are, I think is the first topic, like women as well, but most men don't know what even that means. And if I post, cause I work mostly with men because of this reason, because of my experience with my father, and I felt so disconnected from my heart that I'm actually, I like have, I run a men's circle. Like I'm very into that space because I don't see men having other men they can be vulnerable with. Um, I don't see men having healthy relationships with authority figures because of the relationship with their dad. And this, anyways, I can talk about this for ages, um, yeah. but we'd just love to know what your experience and what you currently have as far as male role models in your life. And like, do you have an older man who is praising you or who is cheering for you? Do you have male friends that you can come to with vulnerabilities? Where are you at with this? So my father is like super spiritual, you know, like even though he was gone a lot growing up, like I'm, I've been very blessed to have a father who's extremely supportive of me. Like he actually jumps on my group calls. He helps me because like, my dad's a filmmaker. He actually helped me film my, uh, I created a shadow work video course. And so my father has been my greatest supporter in terms of like, my father lost his father when he was 14. So he experienced a fair amount of trauma and losing, losing his dad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my, like, I think that's a big part of what made me who I am is I actually have an amazing father. I didn't realize how lucky I was to have that. Yeah. Even though, like I said, my father was gone a lot when he was there, he was phenomenal. And he was like a, a coaching my sports teams. And like, he, he's a very emotional man as well too. And he, he like, we talk about emotions and specifically with like, with my own he healing journey with my family is like doing this deeper work. I've been able to express it with my father. And now my family, we can have open conversations about trauma. Like that, that is huge. There's so many people like, like they don't know how to have these conversations. I've coached in at, at men's groups and whatnot before too. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've just been very fortunate to have a lot of very powerful and talented men in my life. From even when I was young, my when I was when I didn't get along with my dad when I was like a teen, he would like yeah. sit me down with like a world class coaches in Hollywood, and so I was really influenced from a young age from like literally some of the best coaches in the world, and so that really formed who I am as a person. And like, I, I'm very blessed to have that because I didn't realize like a lot of men don't have a very strong male role model, and yes. we need more of that than ever today. And it's specifically like it's it feels like taboo for a lot of men, but it's really about connecting to our hearts, like men actually much more emotional than we realize we just bottle it up yes. and it actually is killing so many men from the inside out and it's our superpower emotions really are our superpower and the more we can connect with that the more we can heal love ourselves and show up more authentically and uh save the planet from ourselves yeah man 100 <laughs> it's funny when we open our hearts to ourselves we're suddenly more connected to nature as well so i do actually believe that we are saving the planet by reconnecting with ourselves and doing this sort of work so um um, Odysseus, this has been an absolute pleasure um, to be on this. I think you added a ton of value for everybody today. I hope I was taking notes this whole time. I'm not sure if you saw, but I have two pages of notes. I'm going to assimilate now for the next 10, 15 minutes. Um, this, I'm really pumped up to have you on here. I appreciate the work that you're doing. I appreciate who you are as a soul. I can feel your heart. And I, well, I think when your heart's into something, you can really take it the distance. And I just, um, I commend you for this. And I look forward to seeing what happens with you in the next um, few years and maybe even five to 10 years to see, to see where you end up uh, with, with your coaching. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. It's an absolute pleasure to share this wisdom. Likewise, brother. Thank you.